Amen. Let's stand together. It's my honor this morning to bring our speaker to this pulpit to open his heart. He and his family have become great friends of ours, and we love and appreciate the McCoys so very much. He actually, uh, to introduce a guy such as Brother McCoy, uh, his family is from Texas. He pastored in Texas for 10 years, and don't hold that against him. Uh, he has actually spent most of his life, I guess, in Wisconsin, then to Texas, and now pastors a great thriving church in Springfield, Missouri. God is doing great things in his ministry. He and his wife are the real deal. You don't have to be around them long to figure that out. And uh, their kids, of course, are very special to us. We're glad to have them here. This is a revival weekend. We're excited, expecting God to do great things. Amen. Amen. I think they're going to sing, play, preach. Sister McCoy may preach. I don't know. Brooklyn kind of turned it on me last week when I invited her to come preach. She started to the platform. So uh, uh, we're glad to have them with us today. Would you put your hands together? Welcome Pastor Brian McCoy. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, he's worthy of praise. There's nobody like Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify your name. We lift you up today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's so good to be here in the house of the Lord today, and we're thankful for what we feel, for the great atmosphere of worship and praise and liberty that we feel in this house today, and we're excited, excited about what God is doing, and uh, so thankful to uh, be here to make a just a full connection with Brother and Sister Jordan and their family, and uh, I want to tell you, we've got a fine pastor and his family, and Amen. And I want to thank you from our church. Uh, thank you for loaning them to us over this past uh, six months and, and longer. Uh, but our church has been tremendously blessed because of their efforts and their investment. And uh, I, I want to tell you, uh, it's, it speaks well of a church when you're, you have a kingdom mindset. Not only are you having revival here and having growth here and building for the future here, but you are reaching out around the United States, around the world, and making a difference in the kingdom. And so I applaud you for that. Amen. But it's great to be here. Uh, we do have four kids, and I promise that some of them are going to have to testify or do something or sing or something. So right now, uh, Daniel, why don't you start us off and stand up and say whatever's on your heart. Well, I'm glad to be here today, uh, and like Sister Jordan said, the Lord is here today, and I'm glad to be here and have church with y'all. And Brooklyn? Well, praise the Lord. Um, I'm glad to be here with y'all again. Uh, I, When my dad was evangelizing, I had to come up with a little testimony to tell in all the churches, and so um, I'm just 
my testimony is I've been in church my whole life and like I haven't been through a lot and I used to think that wasn't a good testimony but I realized that's one of the best God has kept me through so much and I'm thankful and I'm glad to be here today thank you it's good to have my wife here today uh, I'd just like her to say something this morning well, I am so thankful that we serve a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly more than what we can ask or even think. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he loves me. I'm so glad that he loves my family. I'm so glad for what I feel today in this place. God is so good. You know, the first time I ever met Sister Jordan, my husband and Brother Jordan, I always say Sister Jordan, and my kids are like, Brother Jordan's there too. I'm like, let's go to Sister Jordan's. <laughs> but anyway, my husband, he told me, he's like, I need you to get dressed. We're going to go have supper with um, brother and sister Jordan and I'm like oh okay so I get dressed and I go sit down with her and the first I don't know 10 minutes I spoke to her I told her I said God sent you to me and I knew that I had prayed something that morning I had prayed like three or four different prayers and I was in desperate I was desperate I was in desperation and I sat down with sister Jordan and she answered every single one of those prayers I said God sent you to me and I'm so thankful I'm so thankful for your pastor and your pastor's wife and their family. I'm so thankful for this wonderful church and what I feel here. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we'll let Colt and Lauren go tonight so they can be praying and fasting all day. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord today. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 19. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 19. Thank you for standing in honor of reading the word of God today. We made the trip yesterday and started pulling into the area. And if, if, if maybe some of you understand this, but as a pastor, you, you feel the burden and the, the pressure and the, the spiritual weight. Sometimes you go out of the city and you get a little relief from that. So we left Springfield, and I, I felt somewhat a relief from that. But I'll be honest with you. When we started pulling into the area last night, I didn't really say anything about it, but I started feeling that pressure and that load and that burden. And I want to just encourage you today, be praying for your pastor. Be praying for your pastor's family because there's more to what we're doing here than just what meets the eye. We're in spiritual warfare and the kingdom of darkness does not give up its territory easily. Uh, however, greater is he <laughs> that's in us than he that is in this world. And this city needs revival, and this area needs revival, and there's souls that are hungry and searching, and we have the answer for what they're looking for. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19 then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge unto them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth. What is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, 
who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Verse 24, Therefore Daniel went in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in therefore, bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. And then the first part of verse 28, But there's a God in heaven. But... There is a God in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, but there's a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. He is able today. He is alive. He is on the throne. And he is prepared to do a work in this house today. Come on, one more time. Would you focus on all the trouble and and all of the situation and all the stuff that we're going through right now? And would you just believe with me today? There is a God in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that your power, that your spirit would minister in this house. Lord, you know every need. You know every situation. We pray that your work would be done and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise today because there's nobody like you. There's no God beside you. You are the only wise God. We magnify and praise you and lift you up because you're able. Hallelujah. Would you give the Lord a great hand clap of praise today? Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon, that great city of old. What a city. What a kingdom. Only ruins remain today of Babylon. The great, the great palace of Nebuchadnezzar was, was almost in the form of a square, each side of which was nearly 700 feet long. Talk about a mansion. 490,000 square feet. They've studied the ruins of that city and believe that they found where the, the famous hanging gardens once likely stood. This desolate city, once called the glory of kingdoms. One night, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream which troubled him greatly. Sleep eluded him for the rest of the night, and the scripture says that his spirit was troubled. In the morning, he called all the wise men together and and, and magicians, and, and, and he asked for the meaning of the dream. They replied, well, tell us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation. And the king replied, it's gone from me. But you claim to be wise men. 
You, you claim to be great men, so surely you can tell me what I dreamed and then tell me the meaning of it. And if you can't, he said, I'll have you cut into pieces. <laughs> they answered him, there, there's not a man on earth that can do this. And the king angri angrily decreed that all the wise men of Babylon were to be slain. Yet there was in the city of Babylon a, a young man that was a true friend of God. Daniel went before the king and he asked for a little time and he promised that he would return with the interpretation of the dream. And, and then going to his house, he called his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and he called them together and they prayed that God would reveal the secret. There's sometimes that the answer to what we need is we need to call a few friends together. We need to call a few that, that can be in one mind and one accord and get together in a prayer meeting and say, God, we need to know what your will is. God, we're going to pray until something changes. We're going to pray until something happens, until you give the answer that we need. In the middle of the night, God gave Daniel the dream and in the morning, Daniel went before the king and he told him, he said, there's not a man on the earth who can tell you this dream or the interpretation of it. Not your wise men, not the astrologers, the magicians, or the soothsayers, but he said, there is a God in heaven. But there is a God in heaven, and he has revealed it to me. And Daniel told him the interpretation. He told them the dream, and it pleased the king so much that he rewarded him greatly. He made him ruler over Babylon and over all the wise men. And I've come to preach to somebody today that you and I, in every hour of trouble, in every trial, through every onslaught that the enemy sends against us, yes, the situation may be bleak, but we can say assuredly, there is a God in heaven. Come on, I know things may be hard and I know we don't have all the answers. I know you may be surrounded on every side. There may be heartache and brokenness in life, but I've come to tell you we have a hope today. Come on, we have a hope because there's a God in heaven and he knows where we're at and he sees what we're going through and he has the answer for all things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Looking back at the history of God's people, for many years the children of Israel had been in bondage. But one day God said, it's enough. And, and he called Moses and sent him down into Egypt. Moses appeared before the king and he had a message from the Lord, let my people go. Many trials followed, but at last they were on their way out of Egypt and hundreds and hundreds of thousands to over one million perhaps, and they marched out of Egypt. They were marching to freedom. They were rejoicing in deliverance, going happily on their way to the promised land. And when Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his arm, and they found themselves on the shores of the Red Sea, they looked behind them and see the clouds of dust coming and 
And then Pharaoh's army was headed for them. There was nowhere to go. They were helpless and hopeless. And, and in front of them, the sea. And, and on either side, the mountains. And, and pursuing them came the host of Pharaoh. And, and terrified, they cried out at Moses. Why'd you bring us here to die? And, and, and were there no graves back there in Egypt? It would have been better for us to be slaves in Egypt uh, than to die here in the wilderness. Uh, in Exodus 14 and 13, we read the words of, of Moses. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Hey, I know, I know that, that Pharaoh has a great army and, and I know that they're on our tail and, and, and there's nowhere to run and we're trapped on every side. But there's a God in heaven. But there's a God in heaven and He will deliver us. And those Egyptians that you see coming, you see the dust rising above their chariots. You see the swords glistening in the sun. You get a good look at them today because after today, you'll never see them again. And God took them through the Red Sea on dry land. And Pharaoh's army was drowned in the midst of the sea. And what's that I hear on the other shore? Come on, it's not murmuring. It's not complaining anymore. But it's a song of praise unto God in heaven. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Amen. He, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Somebody that, hey, you're up against the Red Sea. You're surrounded on every side. The army of the enemy is attacking you. And you have nowhere to turn. But I've come to tell you there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven who specializes in this kind of situation. And I want you today to realize he knows where you're at. He knows what we're going through. And he is able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just, I just wonder if somebody here today, you defy your circumstances. Looking around, you have nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. But oh, today, if you'd begin to praise God and worship God and magnify Him. Hey, somebody might look at your life and say, you're desperate. Yes, we're desperate. But there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. And we don't live according to the standards of this world. But we live according to the Word of God. In this situation, the enemy had boasted. You can read about it in Exodus 15 and 9. The enemy said, I will pursue you. He said, I will overtake you. He said, I'll divide the spoil. I, I will draw my sword. He said, I will destroy you. Oh, he boasted. And it looked like the enemy was going to win. But there was a God. In heaven. <laughs> Come on, the enemy's been boasting how he's going to destroy you. 
The enemy's been talking about your family and he's been coming against your mind and he, he's been working on your, on your life and he's going to wreck your family and he's going to crush your marriage and oh, how he's going to end your ministry and, 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 and he's going to keep you bound. And if we were on our own, well, maybe so. If we were depending on our own strength, he sure would do it. But I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven. Come on, somebody needs to worship that God today that you don't have to fight the enemy yourself. If we were on our own, we'd be destroyed. If we were by ourselves, our marriage would be doomed. But there's a God in heaven that cares about us. And he's going to fight for us. And he's going to bring us through. There's a God in heaven. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but have you heard the voice of the enemy at night? Unable to sleep, unable to relax, and fear tries to grip your heart, and, and worry weighs upon your mind, and, and, and all you can think about is the trouble and the circumstance and the unanswered questions. And, and the enemy comes and he speaks to your life and tries to tell you that you're never going to win and you're never going to come out and God can never use you and you can't ever move past failure and, and problems and circumstance. And would it be that we were on our own? Yes, maybe so. But there's a God in heaven today. And he cares enough about us that he's come to tell us today, I'm still reaching for you and there's still an answer. Hallelujah. Moving forward in history, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar had built an image, an image of gold and set it in the midst of the plains and it was quite a statue. It was 95 feet high. And the king decreed, let all the people bow and let them worship this golden image or else they'd be thrown into the fiery furnace. Everyone in the land fell to their knees worshiping that image. But, but there was three young Hebrew men who refused to bow. The king was furious and he sent forth for them. And why didn't you bow? And in Daniel 3.16 we read, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fire, burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should hear, heat the fiery furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And they cast them in, fully expecting them, to be instantly killed like the guards. But the king looked into the furnace and said, Then we cast three men bound into the fire. And now I see four men loose walking about in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. And the fourth looks to be like the Son of God. Oh, king, you thought you had it figured out. You thought you were in control. You thought that you were almighty as everyone bowed down to your image. But I've come to tell you today there's a God in heaven. There's a true God in heaven. Come on, there's, there may come a time that you're forced to take a stand, whether for or against God. 
You can be made fun of. You may be persecuted. You may be mocked. But you better remember today, there's a true God in heaven. Come on, you may even be thrown into the fiery furnace. You may go through suffering and trouble. But even if that comes, remember, there's a God in heaven. And He's bigger than anybody else. He's taller than a 95-foot statue. And He's got more power than all the others. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He'll take us through the fire and he'll never leave us, never forsake us. There's a God in heaven. And he's here today. And he's reaching today. And he knows what you prayed this morning. And he knows the things that are weighing upon your mind. And he's here to minister. Oh, remember Daniel. It told him he couldn't, couldn't worship anybody but the king. It's still three times a day he knelt and prayed before the Lord. I guess he could have pulled the shades and closed the window and prayed more quietly. But down in his heart there was, there was a song and that song said, There's a God in heaven that's greater than any man. Greater than any kingdom greater than any law of the land, there's a God in heaven. And so the authorities came and old Daniel was arrested and thrown into the lion's den. But, but before Daniel arrived, God went to work. And God in heaven sent an angel and touched those lions and, and shut their mouths. And so Daniel sleeps like a baby, propped up on a lion for a pillow. And in the morning, King Darius comes down to check on Daniel. Oh, Daniel... Is there a God in heaven? Oh, Daniel, is there a God in heaven? Was he able to deliver thee from the lions? Oh, king, comes the reply. The lions were hungry. And my enemies thought they had me. But there's a God in heaven. And he sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths. Come on, I know we'll face temptation to give in to the world. There'll be peer pressure that tries to pull us away from God to make us like the rest of the world, to make you ashamed of your apostolic heritage, to try to quieten your worship and to silence your prayers. But God's looking for someone in the midst of all that who's going to stand for righteousness, who's going to stand for holiness, who's going to stand for godliness and say there's a God in heaven and I answer to him and I obey his word and though it takes a den of lions, I'm still going to serve him and he's going to take care of me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This world forgets. This world blocks it out. They want to serve themselves. Man becomes their own God. But we've got to remember today, we're not of this world. We're aliens here. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. There's a God in heaven whom we serve today. And what a blessing. Whoa, what a wonderful blessing it is to be his child. Fast forward to the New Testament. 
Peter and the other apostles were preaching the gospel. Herod had killed James, and when he saw it please the people, he cast Peter into prison. I have him now, Herod thought. I'll kill him tomorrow. The religious leaders thought they'd won. This Peter won't trouble us anymore, and we'll finally have won. But there's a God in heaven. And Peter knew his God. And, and so knowing that he was to be killed in the morning, he lays down and goes to sleep. And he's chained between two guards on either side. And, and he's the only Christian asleep in Jerusalem. All the others are praying for his deliverance. And, and God in heaven heard the prayers of his people. And an angel comes in and wakes up Peter and says, come on, you got to get up and, and, and get ready. We've got to go. And, and he leads him out past the guards and past the gates to freedom. You see, Herod, you may kill James and you may imprison Peter, but you've got to remember, you're not the highest authority in the land. There's a God in heaven. And look what happens to Herod. Reading in Acts 12, 21, and on upon a day, upon a day set uh, a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, uh, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. He made a speech, and, and the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. You better be careful Herod don't you forget there's a God in heaven and you may be an authority here but you got to an answer to him and the movement is strong in our day to do away with any thought of God for many they wish to do away with in God we trust and make it in self we trust but we've got to remember today there's a God in heaven he rules and reigns Kings and kingdoms rise and fall at his direction. All of nature still obeys his voice. Come on, the sun still rises and sets because he tells it to. Some want to do away with that God today, but there's still a God and he's still powerful and we're still in debt to him. We owe everything to him today. Come on, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Aren't you thankful for the blessings of God? Aren't you thankful that, that we live in the United States of America? Aren't you thankful for our great country? When those 56 signers declared our independence some 241 years ago, they were dedicating everything, everything to their belief that we should be free. They gave their future, they gave their homes, their fortunes, Many of them gave their very lives. And this cause of freedom that was born, and there was many days, I'm sure, that it seemed impossible. 
As many times that perhaps it seemed doomed to fail. It wasn't an overnight path to victory, but it was an impossible task. However, I believe that this God in heaven looked ahead through, through time and he knew that this nation founded on biblical principles, founded on religious freedom, would be the launching point of end-time revival. That this great nation would stand for religious liberty. And because of our faith in God, we would be blessed beyond measure. Not for our own benefit, but that we can lead this world. Not just in technology and not just in science and not just in business and development. But God knew that this great nation would lead the world in revival. And that... And in the funding of revival, I want to tell you, God hasn't just blessed us to bless us. Come on, we're a blessed people today. But God has blessed America, I believe, so that we can finance revival all around the world. In the times of Lexington and Concord and Bunker Hill and, and in the dark days of, of Valley Forge, in the lives and minds of men like George Washington and Patrick Henry and, and Paul Revere and Benjamin Franklin, I believe it was more than just men in an earthly struggle. But God knew what this nation would be and, and He knew what America would mean to the world and that America would affect and impact eternity. May we never forget where we've come from. May it never escape our memory what we were founded upon. And even in the trying days that we're facing in our great country today, let us still say, but there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven. And oh, there may be those that try to do away with God's word and try to do away with God's principles. But we know God is still in control. And his word still rings true. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let us never forget there's a God in heaven. Come on, let us never forget there's a God in heaven. And through life and through good days and through bad days, through mountains high and valleys low. Through victory and even struggle. We must remember our God is in heaven. Would you stand with me today? When you make a mistake, when you fall into sin, when you stumble, don't remain defeated there. But remember, there's a God in heaven. He robed himself in flesh. He died for our sins to set us free. Remember in the times of trouble, in times of sorrow, we're not in this by ourselves. But there's a God in heaven who cares. He feels our pain. He's touched by our infirmities and he's pulling for you 
And when time is completed, whether just for us in death or at the rapture of the church, oh, how we must remember there still will be a God in heaven. And he's going to take us on over the other side. And If we've made ourselves ready, if we've repented of our sins, if we've been baptized in his precious name, if we've been filled with the Spirit, then that same Spirit of he who dwells within us is going to quicken our mortal bodies. And we're going to rise to meet him in the air and we'll rule and reign with him in heaven. Hey, lift up your eyes today. I want you to know whether we're surrounded by trials and troubles or whether everything's going good, lift up your eyes and focus on God in heaven and he's going to bring us through. So today... I, I don't know all of you, and most of you don't know me. But for some reason, last night God just let me feel some of the burden, perhaps. Because there's people today that you need a God in heaven. Because we don't have the answers. We try to fix it ourselves, but... We need somebody who's bigger than us. We try to work it out. We try to open the doors ourselves. But we need a God in heaven today. I don't know about you, but I'm the first to say, Lord, I need you. And I need your power. And I need your strength. And I need your will in my life. And and if you're here today and you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, could I tell you, there's nothing like it. You need that power. You need that anointing. You need that touch. And if you would ask God, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm so sorry for everything wrong that I've done. I believe that God is faithful and He will forgive you today. And as you begin to worship Him and as you begin to praise Him and you begin to magnify the Lord, you'll you'll begin to feel something come over you that's of another world. It's a God in heaven that's reaching down to earth because He loves us so much. And as you begin to praise and worship Him, all of a sudden your mouth will start to tremble. Your lips will start to tremble and you begin to speak in another tongue as the Spirit gives the utterance. As a God in heaven reaches down to earth and helps us here today. Come on, whatever your need is, whatever your situation, I wonder if we could gather around this altar and come to a God in heaven and say, Lord, I need you. I desperately have to have your touch. I've got to have your hand upon my life today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, God knows every need. God knows every situation. He is the answer today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord.
Say 